0: You know, you probably know, Michael, when you go through a trauma, the pathways in the brain pop and, you know, life-changing experiences as they start to reconnect. And that's when my massive spiritual awakening happened, really. The clairvoyance that I had when I was a child, as a clairvoyant child, used to be able to see the fairies in the garden when I was a little girl. So I was never alone. That stopped, well, I stopped it myself when I was 11, really, when I went to secondary school because it was a bit too weird for most people.
1: Most of us will or have already had a trauma of some kind in our lives, an event that causes us to look at life differently, examine our circumstances in a different light and even question the physical that we see in front of us. Certainly happened to me, and it's no accident that I came to interview Janine. We connected on LinkedIn back in 2011, which is nine years ago. They say everything goes in cycles, about seven to nine year cycles. So it was time for me to be exposed to her teachings again. This is certainly not an ordinary business type podcast interview, yet It is absolutely appropriate for the current crisis we all find ourselves in. What if what you witness is not even true? What if what you witness is a manifestation of all our beliefs and traumas in our lives? What if together we created this reality we find ourselves in? Have a listen and get to know Janine's very different view of life and might even help you. And make sure you also check out her upcoming workshops that she runs regularly. Enjoy.
0: Staying Alive UK. Share your story.
1: Welcome to the Share Your Story podcast, Janine. How are you today?
0: I'm great. How are you, Michael?
1: I'm um, very well, thank you. Thank you so much for reconnecting with me after we've been connected since 2011, so nine years. I'm I am know. So, I'm, I'm, it's great, though, that you did and that you're now on my podcast. It's really, really wonderful. And um, neither of us know the exact time and place that we met, but we have a hunch it might have been the Birmingham... UK Yes group um, that I used to run for a while and that you may have spoken at or you have attended. Um, So it's really great to reconnect with you. You've got a wonderful autumn scene behind you. Yes. Is that a photograph you took?
0: It's a big picture on the wall, actually, in the healing room, in the treatment room. do
1: you know... I mean, obviously, you don't know this about me. I'll just give you this, this kind of interlude. So I was born on the 15th of September. And, I, just, I mean, being somebody who was kind of born at the start of autumn, um, I, autumn is my fi- favourite time of the year. Ah, And there is something about the smell of walking in a wood, of the leaves falling down. It doesn't smell disgusting to me at all. It is the most wonderful aroma that takes me back to when I was a little boy in Amsterdam when I used to walk past these poplar trees that have this really strong scent of autumn at autumn time. Yeah. And and I, I always take I make sure at autumn time I take the dog for a walk where there are some of those trees. And I relive that olfactory smell that takes me right back to my childhood when I used to walk to school and the smell of that autumn. Anyway, that's just a kind of, it just, just by looking at that picture behind you, it just came up into my head.
0: <laughs> it is a nice one. And I do use it in my workshops because it's got a path going down oh. into the light. So I use it in my astral travel workshops as well.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful image. So thanks for sharing that with us all. OK, so um, I'm going to start with just one opening question to get the ball rolling. And that is, tell us a little bit about your personal life. Where were you born? Have you moved around? Where do you live now? You know, just give us the, the kind of journey, how you transitioned into education and then from education into work. And how did that all go? So over to you, Janine. I'm, I've got a cup of coffee here, so I'll sip a bit of coffee whilst I'm listening to your story. Uh, you. Okay,
0: you can sit back and chill. Right, so it, my story started in, um, I was born in Meriden, Coventry, right. and um, I went to St Elizabeth's Primary School and carnar Wiseman Girls' School. Right, And um, then I ended up going into uh, into college and studying after I actually did a computer course first for a year. And it was like microprocessing and computer programming and word processing. And then at at the end of that year, I ended up being offered an apprenticeship in architecture, which, you know, back in the day, (laughs) it was a few years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, these things were hard to come by. So I ended up going into architecture.
1: Oh, amazing.
0: And um, they paid for my college and university and my training. And then I stayed with that for 18 years. And then when I was 36, my dad died, and that was a massive kind of epiphany awakening for me. Mm. Um, you know, you probably know, Michael, when you go through a trauma, the pathways in the brain pop and, you know, life-changing experiences as they start to reconnect. Mm. And that's when my massive spiritual awakening happened, really. Mm. The clairvoyance that I had when I was a child, as a clairvoyant child, used to be able to see the fairies in the garden when I was a little girl. So Mm. I was never alone. That stopped, well, I stopped it myself when I was 11, really, when I went to secondary school because it was a a bit too weird for most people. Yes. and then, when i was thirty six the clairvoyance came back again, and I wasn't in a good place i like was really struggling with i was grief stricken mm. and I got really i got really sick ended up in in hospital for two weeks mm. and that's when it took me about four months to get over that that's when I got involved with energy healing mm. and um six months after that decided to learn about energy healing it kind of went from there really I, when I was doing the healing work I realized that my hands weren't hot like everyone else's they were cold and it, I discovered that I was actually channeling diamond energy mm-hmm. that's back in 2003 right um and it was really like quite new to the planet at the time yeah uh, you know I know there's other people channeling it now and I just loved it it was like this amazing new skill and I just knew that I was on path. And I ended up going back to university and studying psychology, hypnotherapy, counseling, various other things. I dabbled with craniosacral therapy, flower formulas, mm-hmm. and um really just threw myself into the healing arts. It was so it just came.
1: You you so you jumped then a little bit for me. I'm gonna just backtrack you, pull you back just a tiny little bit. When you did the architecture, right? Yeah. So, what happened there then? Did you did you go full blown into architecture, or how, what happened there? Well,
0: the reason what happened with architecture, the, there was the reset, the recession hit in 92, 1992. And um, there was no work in the building industry at all. Right. So that's when I, I decided to have a child, and I had son then. Um, so he's 28 now. Right. And then I went from architecture to wherever I could get any, you know, drawing work, so I dabbled with a bit. I, I mean, I even ended up drawing some um, car factory showroom f- floor plans <laughs> at one point. Mm. Um, because I was self-employed by then, so I was taking on contract work. Right. And then by the time like, I got into my mid-30s, it had all gone from, I was an old-fashioned draftsman, you know, with set squares, ink pens, pencils, rubbers on a big drawing board. And that's mm. why I enjoyed the job because there was a, there was a sense of art involved and mm-hmm. a craft Yes. But then it was all CAD/CAM computers. Yes. And I, I kind of transitioned and was working with both and then when it got to where they wanted me to be on a computer all day, I was like, "No, this is not for me." No. You know. It, that would have just driven me crazy sitting mm. in front of a screen all day. Right. So, and so that coincided with my um losing my dad. Right. And Thank I just you. didn't know what I was going to do. I actually took, you know, some quite a lot of time off Mm. and started reading about angels. (laughs) And uh, that kind of opened me up to, I've always been open-minded. Obviously, I was a clairvoyant kid. So Mm. when you can see fairies in the garden, extraterrestrials or angels, it's, you know, they're all the same kind of thing really you can put them all in the same bag as like spiritual beings I've always been really open-minded yes um once I decided to step into my purpose which was as a therapist healer and teacher and writer it's kind of flowed from there really
1: and so when you said you then kind of threw yourself I mean ironically uh it wasn't It wasn't the first book i read i i i I've been a terrible book reader all my life. Oh, okay. I don't really read books. didn't do when I was a child or an adult or anything like that. It wasn't until i woke up when I was forty four that I started reading and I couldn't stop yeah, I was and the same my my first book wasn't an angel book but was probably my third one when i started reading about Doreen virtue yeah that's um it was her really reading her that got me you know opening up a bit more that's not what opened me up to begin with it was more kind of still you know very masculine kind of Um, grounded, kind of doing, as I would call it, you know, Anthony Robbins stuff. That's where I started. That's what woke me up to begin with. Hence our connection with the Birmingham Yes Group. Yeah, Because having done Robbins, I obviously ended up at the Yes Group in Birmingham because that was that ongoing support after you'd been to UPW. So it's so interesting that you say talk about the angels. Um I, I never I've never been able to see anything like you, obviously. But okay, I digress a tiny bit. It's not about me, it's about you. So back to you. Um I just think it was funny that you said angels and and how that kind of started opening you up. But you also did other things. You mentioned Cranial sacral cranial therapy. Talk a little yeah. bit about that. How did that come about?
0: That came about by um, when I was in my late thirties, I decided to retrain. So when I was doing the energy healing, my son was only young; he was about twelve then. And um, I decided that I was going to work part time so that I could take him to school, go to work, pick him up from school. Um, my relationship with his dad had broke down, so I was a single mom. And I wanted my son to be, you know, I wanted to be there for my son. So I, I mm. took a job in um in a s in a TJ Maxx, it was <laughs> <laughs> so it was like really minimum wage. Yeah. But the hours suited me and um it gave me time to study as yes. well. Yes. And then I moved from there into a chiropractor and right. I worked in a, as a receptionist in the chiropractors right. and um, one of the chiropractors became a friend of mine and he did craniosacral therapy and I thought this is really interesting stuff so I, I dabbled with some of the training with that I didn't go all the way with it because you know I kind of only needed the basics mm. to pull so I was like, you kind of collect tools and put different tools into your bag then really
2: Yes, um, absolutely. And that's
0: what that's what I was doing. I was just going to all these different workshops and going, "Oh yeah, I can use a bit of that. I can use a bit of that." And I'd started painting like pictures of what looked like DNA under a microscope, really. And then within three weeks of painting, I downloaded my own healing system
3: right. called
0: Crystal Key. So Spirit told me it was called Crystal Key, and I was working with diamond energy, and I was I was basically, Crystal Key was about I would bring a, di- a disc of energy down through and then was uh, like wrapping a, um, a fishing trawler net around you, if you like, and pulling out, you know, unnecessary energies. And as it passed through, it changed the, the vibrational frequency. Mm. And that, I, that kind of developed and over the years. And then I'd, I'd done a lot of guided imagery, I'd worked with sh- um, shamans as well. So I started to learn about journey and work and shamanic journeying and yes. all that, you know, that kind of stuff. So what I was doing with people evolved into a combination of a bit of hypnotherapy, a bit of shamanism, a bit of energy healing, a bit of psychology. And, you know, and that's what I do now. So that's why I get results because I'm, I've got all these different skill sets that i use with people
2: yes get it. um
0: yeah so i i um i started working from home and then i ended up at a clinic in leamington spa and then i moved to harley street and i've been associated with harley street for 10 years now yes um and it's still evolving you know i'm still reading and always looking for stuff but it was probably about eight nine years ago i really started working with people's dna Mm. That's when I started learning about the field around your DNA, the consciousness around your DNA is the software in the machine of the chromosome, if you like, Mm. and that if you go into the on a quantum level, you can actually switch on and switch off different programs, different bits of information, you know, disease in the DNA, and started working on that level Mm. And I'm still doing that. So I got a lot of experience with that. And then I started moving into multidimensional healing because we're multidimensional beings. Yes. And about, I'm trying to think, probably six years ago, I met a Marine, a U.S. Marine. I went to New York on a training course for four days. Yes, and I met I met a U.S. Marine called Mike, who is on my is one of the testimonials on my website. Yes. And Mike was in; he'd had a lot of trauma when he mm. was in Afghanistan, mm. and um, basically, I did some work with him, and he he was so impressed. He said, "Can you put this into audio form?" And I said, "I don't know. I you know I could try." Mm. So I end. That's how I ended up. Investing in some software for my computer, and basically got myself set up with my own studio for recording and editing. And I made thirty-five self-help audios. Wow! Um, Each one is about twenty-five minutes long, Mm -hmm. and they're for various things. So some to help with relationships, money blocks, spiritual Mm. development. Yeah. um, And they're set for PTSD. And I call it post-traumatic growth. And that was the stuff that was based on, you know, what I helped Mike with. So there's an audio in there that does soul retrieval, and I have never come across anyone else that's got a soul retrieval audio.
1: No. Um, And, and, um... There was a question that came up then with the audio. So are the 35 individual audios that you've got, are they 35 different for different, let's call them, not disorders, but to help people with 35 different things? Or are they, there might be three or four on a specific issue?
0: Well, there's 25 of them. So there's five sets of five. So one's right. five sets for money, five for abundance, five for relationships, five spiritual growth, and five for weight loss, which, you know, basically they, they go into the first 44 layers of your aura energy field and then 144, then 444, mm. and, and it goes on. So you can only heal so much at a time, you know. You, yes. you can't do the whole lot in one go. No. Um, and then there's there's one for removing belief systems, anger and rage. Um, this there's, there's addiction, this uh, trying to think what are the other ones. There's there's a brilliant one for brain repair, which it repairs neuropathway damage in the brain. Right. For traumatic brain injury, concussion injuries, basically any degenerative brain injury it will help with. Yes. So yeah, there's five sets of five, and then the other ten are individual ones, you know, like they're one offs on gotcha. into different areas. But prior to that, I'd published four books as well. I forgot about the books.
1: <laughs> You've been busy, lady.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so what are the, the books think, on?
0: Well, the first one is called "The Angel, the Witch, and the Warrior," and that's forty chapters on different subjects to do with mind, body, spirit. So that was inspired by. Do you remember um, oh, what was the bookshop called? Borders Bookshop. Mm. they all closed down in the UK yes well I used to go there about 11 12 years ago probably more than that now thinking about it. it's because before I moved to Warwick so probably 14 years ago mm. and I, could, I wanted all the books you know once I woke up I wanted every book on the shelf but I couldn't afford it. So I would go and get a cup of coffee and boarders, and I'd sit all day in there reading their books, and I'd be there all the time. (laughs) Um, But they didn't go, you know, they didn't go bankrupt because of me. No, no. Um, (laughs) So, but I soon discovered, like yourself, I wasn't an avid reader. I found it difficult to focus um, sometimes with reading. I'd have to read the same page three times. Same here. Yes.
1: Yeah. Before it went in, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. So then I decided to write a book uh, myself. Hmm. And most books have got maybe 10 20% juicy information and the rest of it I consider packaging. That's right. So I decided to write a book with lots of juicy information. So there's 40 chapters on different subjects to do with spiritual development, opening up, waking up, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And then the other three... Are based on my out-of-body experiences. So they're, they're based on my diary. So you've got Saving the World from My Bathtub, The Princess and the Pink Moon Leeches, and uh, The Avatar and the Crystal Key. They're the other ones. So they're basically at the time when I turned them into books, Spirit was saying, I was saying to Spirit, why who cares about what I'm, you know, what's in my diaries? And they said, these books are training manuals for people that want to learn astral projection. Right. And um, by then, I'd moved into being able to have conversations with um, the God of the Bible, if you like. Um, And there is that. There is more beyond that level. Um, But I had an experience when I was teaching a workshop one day, and I was lying on my um, my healing couch, and some of the students were working on me. And I seen a step, like a stepladder and a trap door. And I went out of my body and climbed up the ladder and opened the trap door and everything was white. It was just brilliant white everywhere. And I heard a voice that said, so you made it then. And just for a minute, I thought, have I died? You know, because it really felt like I'd gone to heaven or something. Mm, mm. And I actually asked the question in my head, have I died? And the voice told me no. And I said, are you God? And I got, Yes. And I said, well, I'm teaching at the moment. I'll come back later. <laughs> so I finished my workshop.
1: That's brilliant. There's
0: probably not many people that have said to God, I'll see you later.
1: i see you later. I'm busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a podcast. Laura. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, then I went back. I, I did all my astral projection when I was in the bath, and that's when the, sep- the second book was called Saving the World from My Bathtub. Right. And um yeah, went back, had conversations with and conversations for many years after that. Mm. And, and until I discovered that you can move on past, you know, the god layer into the source, into the what I now call one at the time I was calling the infinite. Um, but there are you know higher levels yeah. than than what we've been led to believe, shall we say?
1: Mm, absolutely. And give us a sense of Timing then, so when, so when, so from when your 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 dad passed away to yeah. all of this kind of transition and and you know discovery and opening up and and realizing that all of these things are what kind of time period did all this happen over? This
0: is it. Will be um, it's coming up for nineteen years. Right. Um, so yeah, the 19 years ago was the, like the big epiphany, if mm. you like, mm. uh, the big trauma for me yeah. Yeah. and, and throughout all of that, uh, you know, that was the start of it really. I just went through a whole process of my life lesson. One of them has been to deal with grief in this lifetime. Um, I've lost most of my family now, uh, both parents, two sisters, a brother, two nephews, Wow.
3: um,
0: all in this time, you know, in the last 11 years, they've all gone as well. So, you know, I was a single mom trying to write these books. And in the middle of all that, I created a full set of body care creams and things, which I I don't do anymore. But then when I was doing the shows all around the UK, Hmm. I was selling my books and selling the creams and you know, they were lovely creams. Um, Harrods wanted to take them on at the time, but I decided not to go down that road. Hmm. Um,
2: Any it particular was, it reason? Was,
0: I just felt that my my knowledge base of um, creams and potions and what was involved in really taking it to the next level hmm. um, wasn't right for me. Right. It, you know, I did it for a while and thought, "Is this passion? Am I passionate about this that I want to, you know, really invest in it?" And I wasn't passionate enough. I still felt like the healing side of it was was my passion. So I would, you know, I stuck with that and was doing the workshops. And then, I, as I said, I was doing the tours around the UK, at the Mind Body Spirit Festivals, and speaking at those. Yes. Um. And then just keep keep learning, keep growing, keep astral projecting, keep doing my own healing process, healing, mm-hmm. healing, healing, upgrading your DNA, upgrading your DNA. And um, it was as if my soul was pulling me forward, really. Okay. Like, you know, there's this divine purpose that I now know and I'm on track for, mm. um so yeah I kind of had too many things going on. I used to teach animal communication and healing workshops as well as right. healing you know workshops for people so i had kind of there were so many areas that I could have gone into mm. i also had um I had a radio show that went out um through Canada um where I was giving live readings. um I had my own radio show in the u k mm. um where I was given insight and healing over over the airwaves to people as well so there was a in the you know I had too many fingers in too many pies and I kind of pulled it all back Mm. to what makes my heart sing yes and what makes my heart sing was the public speaking the healing and um you know teach you know teaching the workshops which I did even take a rest from teaching for a while
2: yes yeah
0: so uh, you it's been know, and I'm yeah. still evolving now. Now I'm putting together scripts to take my audios to virtual reality level. So that's where I'm at at the moment.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. So, so for me, augmented reality is the, the the route that I'm looking at for different yeah. reasons. But yeah, that the the kind of extra reality is definitely going to be a very interesting field. And it's it's a while ago, but I um anyway, doesn't matter. I wanted to ask you a question about the phrase post traumatic growth.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I've come across it a couple of times um via your via you obviously but I've yeah. seen somebody else mentioned this term. And this is obviously the flip side of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, isn't it? Which is a terrible yes. title. Um, yes. So could you expand a little bit about that and why, why you and other people have decided to flip this particular term? Okay. Well,
0: it wasn't until I, you know, was quite involved with my healing process and working as a therapist and so on that I actually realised when I was working with Mike, he had quite severe PTSD and TBI, traumatic brain injury because of all the concussions from when he was in Iraq and, and Afghanistan. That I realised, oh, I've got, you know, I've got that. I ticked that box. I ticked that box. I tick that box, and that's when I. You know, really got into my own healing process as well. So meeting him and finding out about that made me realise a lot more about certain areas as well. And um, so basically, we we use the term post-traumatic growth because it's more of an encouragement than you've got a disorder, right? Which you know, it's labels. I mean, I don't agree with people being labelled addicts for life, an addict who don't drink, you know, who doesn't drink. I don't believe in it. I think once addiction is taken out of your system, switched off in your programming, any entities, uh, electromagnetic parasites, some people call them demons, are removed from your system that you're clean. You're back to where you were. Mm. You know, people can be rewired and deprogrammed. So I don't agree with labels for life at all. No, Totally against it. So the post-traumatic growth came from that. Well, the thing with PTSD and post-traumatic stress and those kind of problems, what happens is when people go through a trauma, that their emotional body is shocked out of themselves. That's where the saying, "I was beside myself" comes
1: from. Right.
0: right. So, for example, most of us have been through a death. Um, Mm. you know certainly by the time you're our age anyway and you know that feeling that numb feeling you get where you're going through the process of organizing and Mm. there's a that's when your emotional body is is literally beside you it's gone out of you because it can't cope with the trauma yes and it allows you there's a numbness there's a common phrase that people say which is i've never been the same since then i've never felt the same i feel like there's a part of me missing Well, that's what's missing. I call it the missing piece of the puzzle. Right. So, you know, you people go through years and years of counselling, but these missing pieces, these soul fragments, are like pieces of your energy field or your templates that are fractured and fragmented into your auric field. Mm. So whatever was in the vicinity, which could be fear or um, hate or something like that goes into that space. So people, you know, have got an anxiety energy that's affecting their whole nervous system and their heart can be palpitating. It's because their emotional body's gone out and something else, whatever caused it, that the scene has gone in. Mm. So what I specialize in is putting people back together. And normally when people talk to me and say, you know, this happened, I'll I'll go, "Mm, yeah, one, two, three, four. You've got four soul fragments outside of you, mm. and there's di- there are different types of soul fragments as well. Mm. And one of the most prolific ones, where people just can't seem to get over the trauma, is something I call a frozen soul fragment. Mm. And to me, it looks like a piece. It looks like their emotional body is actually in a block of ice. So they're doing their best in you know in this reality in this dimension to get over it, but that program, and everything's just a program in your yeah. field in your quantum field that program is just like a, a you know a, a, on repeat just trauma 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 trauma, trauma, and the fear and the anxiety and everything else that they were feeling, whether it was last week or ten years ago, is connected to them because everything's one, so they're constantly feeling that program running, and they they can't get over it um and this is what happened with Mike. He had, I think, four or five fragments outside of himself when I met him.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I brought them all back together. I mean, he's um, on the second edition of his best-selling book since then. Right. So, you know, he's doing really well now. And um, so, yeah, I've ended up specialising in basically trauma. But I get all sorts of people come into to me. I get people come into to me that, You know, think they'll they'll say, "Oh, I feel like I've got a curse on me from a past life," and they're very, you know, they're all energy as well, ill will, that kind of thing. I mean, witchcraft was rife across the world, certainly in England from the 13th to the 17th century. You know, (laughs) so I mean, these programs are still there; they're running in, you know, in our consciousness, in the field. Mm. So I, I get from things like that to Um, people trying to separate from old relationships and they can't get away from the other person because they made an oath they swore an oath to love one another forever in a past life or in a Mm. parallel life there's no real past life there's only the now yes so that creates like um, energetic thread that binds them to the person and they can't seem to get away from that person so I deal with all kinds of stuff, really. But on is, a from.
1: Sorry, carry on. From a.
0: On, from on a therapeutic level, right. you know, I'm, I specialize with the the PTSD and, and helping people that have been in any kind of trauma. And people don't realize, you know, PTSD is a divorce. Um, losing your cat or your dog can give you PTSD. Having an operation, a car crash. You know, and any, lo, losing a job, you know, losing a loved one, it's not just related to the military and, no. you know, and, that, and war.
1: Thank you for that. that. That's a really amazing explanation and one that I've never heard before and it makes so much sense. Um, yeah. You know, these soul fragments. And I love the analogy of I'm beside myself, (laughs) you know. (laughs) We actually say exactly what is happening, and particularly that frozen, the block of ice, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I can see it. I can see it really, really clearly. Well, they say,
0: you know, they they say uh, fight, flight or freeze, don't they?
1: I've never heard the freeze bit.
0: Yes, they do, yeah. Fight, flight or freeze.
1: No, I've never heard in okay, fight and flight, yeah, I get that, but the freeze bit I have never heard of before. Yeah. But um yeah, and for another day there's stuff going on with, you know step kids that are you know, fall into all of these categories that you are explaining. It's it's quite fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so so thank you. I, there's so much to talk about. We won't have enough time, but um, even so, it's not about creating everything in this one hour that we've got together. Um, it's more important to give people a feel so that if they want to explore more, they can go and get the audio. They can, you know, book sessions, therapy sessions with you. They can join workshops, et cetera. Yeah. So... Um, you mentioned that you had gone into all of these different directions and then s- slowly but surely you dropped them off to kind of focus more clearly on what it is that you know your purpose okay you did the audios you did the book writing yeah etc so feel free to to fill in any gaps if there are any gaps. There is more <laughs> <laughs> but please please tell more, but also get us so fill in the gaps if you'd like to, that because that's really interesting anyway, but then also take us to the kind of current day what would be nice to really clearly sum up what it is that you do today. But if you'd like to fill in the gaps, I'm I'm interested. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, I, a couple of years ago, I decided to write a movie script. So I did a training course with um, Aaron Sorkin, the guy who wrote um, A Few Good Men.
1: Right. Oh, yes.
0: Um. Yeah. So I I did a script writing course. Um, I'm a habitual learner. I've always got to be doing something. Mm. And um, I wrote two movie scripts in. in the last two years based on my books. So, yes. and, you know, there's some really interesting stuff in the, you know, especially with the astral projection stuff and out of body stuff. And when the the shamans come into it, I learned about exorcisms, for example. Um, there was a situation where I was put thrown into a dinner party where one of the people had quite a lot to drink and um, an entity popped into this person <laughs> <laughs> at this dinner party so that and that was actually i think it was the first day i'd ever done any he, at my healing workshop so that was right at the beginning of my journey so i realized very early on that i needed to learn about the shadow aspects of healing right and i interviewed um uh, sean clark years ago um his, he is the editor of the Spiritual Science Research Foundation in India. Right, right. And, and, and their statistics, they, they say that 80% of people are possessed. That's a lot of people. And people think, you know, exorcist and crazy stuff, but it's like addictions to shopping, addictions to food. Addiction to anything is entity in there. That's driving, you know, the, the addiction. So I learned a lot about that and how to remove them. Um, So more recently, I was traveling. I've I've settled down this year, but the year before and the year before that, I did 66 airplanes in two years. So I did a lot of traveling Mm. around various places all over America, Europe, Paris, down to Belize in the Caribbean, um, anchoring in light and yoga classes there and all sorts of stuff. And now I'm still doing my healing work on one-to-ones. 95% of it is by cell phone these days. Mm. Um, I don't need to, you know, actually be with, with people. No. I'm still writing. As I said, I'm, I'm liaising with a CGI guy at the moment about turning my audios into virtual reality. -hmm. And that stemmed from meeting a guy at the university who was he's studying VR in the university, Mm. and he said, "Have you ever tried it?" And this was about just over a year ago. I said, "No, I haven't really." And he put the goggles on me, and I was in his office, and he said, "Do you want to walk the plank?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" (laughs) (laughs) And um, put the goggles on, stepped into an an elevator, and went up the lift opened the doors and I was standing on top of the Empire State Building and there's this like five foot, like eight inch wide piece of wood plank and you go and walk the plank, you know, over the top of the Empire State Building. Well, I stepped out onto the plank and I kid you not, my heart started racing like I was going to die, like palpitating so bad. And I was saying to myself, Janine, you're on the floor in Andrew's office.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But I could not stop my heart from palpitating. And that yeah. made me realize how powerful virtual reality is. And I thought if I can turn my brain, my audio, for example, like example that repairs neuropathway damage in the brain. Um, I have another, you, you know, I could make one that goes in and changes your DNA, switching my dizzy programs off and things like that. So I've been working on re-scripting um those and uh, I've done one for repairing the brain I've written one for healing the DNA and taking um HIV out of the DNA and stuff like that so at the moment I'm I'm involved with putting those together um And still is still working on that. So there's always and the other the other thing I did, I've written, I've got a box this big in storage in England of all handwritten manuscripts. So I've published four books, probably written another six. Wow. Um I wrote half a dozen children's books, which are still in that box in storage. And you know, I never because I made the mistake of putting four books. Out at the same time, and the really? amount of editing involved in that, it was like, Oh my god, it's mm. just traumatic. Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've, I've taken a, a, some time back from there. So I, I kind of hit a place where my inner voice was saying, right, there's there's potentially different doors that could be opening for you. So there was going to be doing like much larger workshops or I gave my um, movie scripts to someone I know who's a film director and they said, this should be a Netflix series. And, but I wasn't too sure about Netflix. And um, I thought, what's going to be the more benefit to humanity? And that would be virtual reality. So, I'm, mm. you know, I've kind of gone out of all these different options, which one would be best for people. Mm. Um, and, and that's the one I'm kind of going down that, that way at the moment. But my favourite thing, if I'm honest, is public speaking. When I do my public speaking, sharing knowledge yeah. and doing mass healings for people. So I, when I do my public speaking, I always do a DNA healing at the end yes. where I take out primal racism, primal sexism, primal paedophilia, Primal fear, war, and terrorism out of the DNA. Wow,
1: (laughs) that's big. (laughs) That's big. But it's so you 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 should be you should be in the United Nations, shouldn't you?
0: I should. I absolutely should. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because when they realise, you know, this is the thing. If they really want to stop war. Yeah. We've all got it in our DNA because we come from a long lineage of people that have been fighting one another. So those imprints are in our DNA and our, the consciousness of your DNA is what creates manifest your reality. Mm. So, you know, marching on the streets has, has its place, but you never get permanent change until you go into the software in the matrix of reality. The software is the computer of the individual person. Is, mm. the, is the consciousness, sorry, of the individual person. Mm. Mm. So has, we have to go into, you know, the people's consciousness en masse in order yeah. to make a the collective illusion of reality change mm. for the better. Mm. And that's what I talk about when I, I do my public speaking and stuff like that, how to do that.
1: Are you familiar with Lynn McTaggart's work?
0: Um, I've, I've heard of her, but I don't, I'm not f- totally familiar with her stuff, mm. if I'm honest.
1: No, and the reason I'm mentioning her name, because she, I was involved, must have been 2005, and five, six, something around that time period the height of my awakening and she was doing something called the intention experiment okay. and i there was a book she was writing and i got involved with the with the first one that she did um which was sending some healing to different subjects there was an audience of about 30 of us yeah and we were sending intentional healing to four different subjects timed you know we're going to start now we're going to stop now we're going to start and stop and the 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 subjects which were a petri dish a plant a human being some water i don't know i forget the fourth one Mm -hmm. they were all wired up with electrodes to machinery to see the impact of it all anyway it worked it all worked um But she's gone on since then to do many other things and all of it is around remote healing to a large degree and intention setting and one of them is about solving conflict in the world Mm -hmm. in -hmm. different areas and she has, you could argue, well, were they going to end anyway or did... The kind of group consciousness of all the people involved in the experiment, did it have an impact? Well, the books that she's written. She she comes, she she wants to prove to herself that the, the those things do physically work, you know. Um mm-hmm. so there was the you know the Tamil War in Sri Lanka, so she did a lot of work on that, and that ended.
2: Mm-hmm. You could go.
1: Was it her with an experiment or was it just, was it going to end anyway? So, um, but the reason I'm mentioning it, she has a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, And I do know Lynn without going into detail how, but, well, obviously having done the experiment, but there's been subsequent communications on different matters. And uh, if you're interested, I can recommend you, uh, to go on her podcast, because I think it will be really interesting for the two of you to talk about this stuff and she she has yeah, had guests she has had guests on that talk yeah. about the stuff that you talk about um, anyway, if you're interested
0: <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> so, that'd be great michael i've done you know, like I say, every time I do talks, I actually do a healing at the end for the audience
3: mm-hmm.
0: and take them. In to see their own chromosome and change, I actually open it out Mm. and and switch off these programs. And and they see it, you know, they can see it in their mind's eye going on. But Mm. you've got to be in theta brainwave frequency. Mm. And I explain why we need to do it. You know, people don't realize that we've got, forget the guy's name who wrote the book now, his name always eludes me. But he says that we've got one to the power of 18 zeros which is, I think, is a quintillion
3: mm-hmm.
0: imprints in our DNA that we've inherited from our ancestors. Well, most of us—I mean, I'm Celtic. My ancestors have been scrapping for you know <laughs> generations, mm. um, and all of that stuff is in our DNA. Mm. And it's like what you know the the things that are going on in the world at the moment. We've got these programs in the DNA that need to be switched off that are manifesting into. Um, Uncomfortably uncomfortable kind of totalitarian government control manipulation this type of thing, but people need to take responsibility that what's going on in our reality is coming from us. Every every single one of us is the centre of our own reality. Mm. That's seven point eight billion people having their own experience based on their own you know consciousness and their DNA, but. There is a collective. So if enough get together and change it at that, at that level, then the collective will change. Mm. And, the you know, the marching in the street, great, if that's what people want to do. But it's like, to me, it's like change, trying to change what's on, on your laptop screen by s- scribbling on the glass with a, with a black marker pen. You've got to go in and get the virus out mm. if there's a glitch on the screen,
3: mm.
0: you know. Um, it just take both. everyone's got their their place in making changes in the world, but you can't make permanent change unless you go into the subconscious into the DNA and um, and work at that level, switch off the program. So I teach people all the time about you know, if you're watching something you know on Netflix or Prime that is even remotely totalitarian, dystopian. Seed planting. I mean, I think all these things should have warnings. This program can seriously affect your subconscious and damage your future manifesting. Mm -hmm. Because the subconscious mind is like an innocent child. You know, it it takes everything it sees and it stores it as real. Mm. And 95% of our mind is subconscious and that's what's manifesting our reality. Mm. So I think there should be warnings on there. But I say to people, if you see something you don't like, make the statement, not in my reality, I do not consent to this, this program stops now, and imagine pressing a reset button so that people, you know, are actually resetting their consciousness. And even that verbal statement is changing, you know, that changes. If it's your intention to release, you know, to be free, If, if 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 I ask your audience okay, listeners at home, do you intend to be living in a free reality, you know, free from debt, enslavement and everything else that's been going on? All they need to say is yes. And their higher consciousness starts to change the consciousness of their DNA accordingly because they've set their intention. Mm. It's powerful Mm. and it's simple and there's not enough information out there there's you know people are running around doing a lot of stuff there's a lot of activism going on now it's really you know kicking off but yes there's people can be sitting at home watching as I say watching Netflix or watching Prime or watching TV going not in my reality reset I do not consent reset mm. you know even when they're watching the news I mean I haven't had a television for 13 years but I do, I still, you know, I still watch things on Netflix or Prime mm, mm. Um, and stuff like that. Mm. Because for the simple reason, I'm like, what are they putting out into the world? Or, you know, I want to switch those programs off if I don't think they're good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's important. Mm.
1: Mm. Fascinating stuff. Okay. So, so you've got, so you've got your books, mm-hmm. you've got your audio programs. You've done the scripts, but they're kind of on hold or being researched for virtual reality um, that you're working on. You do your therapy sessions. Yeah. You do your workshops and you do your public speaking. So I'm on to up to six now. What else have I missed?
0: uh i think that's about it now okay that's 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 me cut cut it down to the bare minimum
1: (laughs) that's that's you getting rid of stuff (laughs) 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 okay so one of the things you've got some workshops coming up haven't you so would you like to tell the listeners about that please
0: yeah, okay. I'm doing a rerun on the 29th of November this year, 2020, of a um, astral travel workshop. That's a two-hour workshop. $50. Um, I've had some great feedback from the last one. A couple of people missed it, so I'm running that again. That's 11 o'clock Pacific and 7 p.m. on a Sunday evening in the UK. And then the following Sunday, I'm doing a two-hour Akashic Records workshop. So that takes, I take people, I teach people how to go into their Akashic records and cancel things that are binding them in this life. So, you know, vows, pacts, bonds, agreements, permissions for people to take your energy. That's another thing. Things like psychic attack, for example. Mm. I call it psychic attract because generally if somebody's draining your energy, you've given them permission to do it. (laughs) <laughs> so they're attracted to you because you've given them permission so mm-hmm. i teach people how to go into their cash records and, and cancel things like that and give them visuals and i'm a very like this you know some people like to drag their workshops out for days i'm the opposite i like you know i'm a intensive training teacher
3: right
0: it's the it's the way i like to learn and it's the way i teach mm-hmm. so um people get probably a day's training in those two hours. Right. Um, it is intensive and I, there's no fluffy packaging. It's all full-on good information, you know, yes. so yeah. people can go away after the two hours and get on with it. They can start taking control of their own subconscious and, and start making a difference to their realities. You know, people realise that Akashic Records is a an Eastern term basically for... What's your storage of your imprints in your templates of your mm. consciousness? Mm. And um, where has that come an...
1: from? Where's the term originated? The
0: you know, I don't know. No. It's, it's East, I only know it's Eastern terminology. Right. But offhand, I don't know. I should no. look that up, actually. Yeah,
1: well, that would be really interesting to know. So I probably have it in my mind to come and attend those workshops. Uh, but I um, I forget the name now It's Doreen Virtue's husband, I think, who talks about it um, I've definitely read about it It's a while nice. ago And I went, oh my God And I'd never delved in any further So maybe this is a message to me To kind of look into it a little bit further again
0: yeah, well, it's amazing. It's going into your software in your machine, basically, and defragging it like you would defrag your computer.
1: Outstanding. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same. Desperately needed. Desperately needed. I had and and okay. So that so that's the Akashic records. Am I pronouncing it correctly?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then tell us a little bit more about the astral travel because that must be quite weird for people to to get their mind around
0: yeah the astral travel so basically um i teach people first of all how to use their body as a signal for is this good or is this not good Mm -hmm. um so that they if and then i teach them how to basically leave their body safely go through a portal doorway into another dimension um If anything comes to them, a spirit or an angel, or you know whatever, how to use their physical body as a warning whether this is good or whether this is not good, because you know there's light and dark everywhere. Once you start going into all these places, how to set the right intentions Mm
3: -hmm.
0: of you know where they want to go, or if if they want to um, meet their guardian angel, or you know whatever they they want to do. So I'm giving them the basics. On how to lead their body safely, mm. how to use their body as a as a physical trigger. so is this is this being light? Yes. Is this being you know? And um throughout the workshop, so the first half of it is more the like theory. The second half of it, there's maybe I think I'd take them on three different journeys in to different places. so there's, there's an initial one. And then um, I take them on two initial ones. And then the third one is there right now it's your choice. Where do you want to go? So yeah. everyone is going to different places. Mm. And then there's a and a at the end of the first hour. Um, we have 10 minutes so people can just stretch their legs and go to the bathroom if they need to go to the bathroom. And then we have another the other hour and then another Q&A. So it, ten, it does tend to go over the two hours. Mm. Um but you know, people are getting a lot from their yeah. money, and um,
1: definitely. And you're doing this it, on Zoom, are you?
0: Yeah, it's on yeah. Zoom. The astral one's fifty dollars, mm. um, and the akashic seventy-five dollars.
1: What's that in in real money? Pounds. Um, it's about
0: thirty-five. Yeah. Pounds. Yeah. Uh, I, it's about I, th- about thirty and thirty-five. I think something like that.
1: Okay. Okay, well, that's a bargain, really, for a couple of hours. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to keep it low. Same with my audios. You know, mm. People can rent an audio for $5.99. They can rent it for a week.
1: And can they download it and buy it? Or
0: not? Yeah, they can download it for $15.99, which is about £11.
1: Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sounds good. That
0: I've sounds made them good. affordable for mm. people. Mm. One-on-one, I you know, I'm probably quite pricey if people want one-to-one with me compared to most but I get results that other people are not getting and I've even got a doctor that sends me um clients great so (laughs) So, you know yeah which is good
1: yeah yeah absolutely okay and so tell us a little bit then about where can people find all this stuff where can they learn more about the workshops that you're doing even if they miss this one in november um i'm sure you're going to be doing them in the future so they can yeah
0: i will do some more in the new year january and february so i'll probably repeat them because at the moment there's i don't know if you know there's a big shift coming on the 21st of december the solstice in december
1: no, I didn't know. So tell us yeah. about that. What's the big shift? There's
0: a big, there's a big planetary alignment coming on the 21st of December um, right. for three days, but it's going to be affecting us for 10 days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, huge downloads of energy. Mm-hmm. So it's a really important time. That's why I'm doing the one on the six, so people can clear a lot of stuff out because the more you clear out, the more light you can bring in.
1: Awesome. That's what we need.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. So that's you know, that's why I, I was gonna do the the um Akashic one in January and then my inner voice said no, do it before the shift. So there's a big right. shift coming on the 21st of December, which is right. gonna be affecting everyone. Really important that people get on top of cleaning out metal, detoxing any metal toxins in their body. So
3: right.
0: you know, even adding food like cilantro. Um yeah is a is a detox as well so there's that going on so yeah i am going to be doing more workshops on zoom in the new year and um
1: so where can people find information on this is it your website the best place
0: um yeah it's on the contacts and events page of my website crystalkey.com that's c-r-y-s-t-a-l-k-i.com and um yeah i go into there and just add them so they're on the, the events page in there right. the work all of the audios are on the audio page they take you to vimeo which you can either rent it or download it
2: okay and
0: um the books are on there as well people can buy the books i think from uh amazon
1: yeah um, yeah that's what it's I called i can't remember
0: yeah. i put yeah put the right links on there i'll have a quick um, look
1: i'll have a quick look now janine's books i've got it here yeah uh click on one. Yeah. It goes to Amazon. Yeah. 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 Okay. And you've got Kindle editions as well. Some of them. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Then I can buy a Kindle one. Yeah. Great. So Janine, I'm conscious of time, but I also want to make sure that I I don't want to miss anything. (laughs) So have we missed anything that you'd like to share?
0: Um, offhand, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to talk about. Um, no, I think we've pretty much touched on on most of it I wanted to share with you.
1: There's a lot, isn't there? There's a lot. And, and your story is fascinating. And, of course, you know, I'm really sad you've lost all of those people in your life around you. Yeah. And, you know, I... When I hear about loss, I never feel sorry for the people that have gone, bizarrely. I feel sorry mm. for the people that are left behind. Yeah, because, it was hard. Because they're the ones who are having to deal with the, with the grief. There's no other word yeah. for it, you know, and how to, to deal with that. I mean, it certainly sounds like you've got the resources for yourself, but I also recognise it's always tougher sometimes to do it for yourself you know yeah um so that's not always that easy and of course as we know today there's a huge amount of loss going on around the world where people are seemingly and and uh you know i'm not suggesting one way or the other but there are a lot of people passing away because of covid Mm -hmm. and that were not expected you know that are perhaps going too early for their time. All the people that are left are the ones that are having to deal with that that grief at this time, you know, mm. whilst there is still all of this stress and trauma in the human population at the same time as well, which makes it even harder, I believe, for people having to go through grief. Um, yeah. Because people that would normally be available to support them um, psychologically, emotionally, are not available because they're going through their own trauma.
0: Yeah, it it is difficult. Uh, You know, I'd Mm. be lying if I said it was easy and uh, Mm. I miss my family terribly and Mm. especially coming up uh, this time of year. Mm. It's um, because, you know, I had a big family and we were all like close and Christmases together and and things like that and mm. um mm. it's uh, it, it wasn't easy and and I you know I've, I've got a lot of experience in dealing with grief. Mm. But the the one blessing there is the fact that I am a natural medium and clairvoyant. So I do speak to my family on the other side on a daily basis now. Mm. Um um, you know my sister's with me all the time mm. so mm. it's you know that is it does make it easier but when it when it's fresh it's you're heartbroken mm. you know I remember when my mum passed away I mean, it was five years ago on the 11th of November mm. and um, she came to see me straight away afterwards and And I had to turn her away. I said, I I can't talk to you yet. I'm just too grief stricken to even Mm. have a conversation with her spirit. Mm. But, I mean, even things like that. I've had clients that have come to me that have lost people, children, partners, and I take them through the astral projection process to have a conversation with their lost loved ones on the other side, Mm. and they find that extremely helpful.
2: Of course, of course.
0: You know, when they get that connection, that their their consciousness is still there. Yeah. There is st- still something there. And it's not the end.
1: No, no, absolutely. No, I'm a firm believer of that. Yeah. So it's 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 been a real pleasure chatting with you and listening to your your journey and how you got to where you are today. And and I'm really grateful that we've reconnected as well i um, super interested in your workshops. So I will definitely check that out. And I hope many people that are listening will do the same. And uh, I'll include all the, the links in the show notes. Are there any other social media sites that you're active on that you'd like to share?
0: I'm on, um, I'm on Facebook um, Messenger if people want you know to connect with me on there, just under my name, Janine Regan-Sinclair. I'm not an avid facebook user per se there's lots of old stuff on there i don't i just don't have the time these days no um but there's a contact page on my website and people can contact me through facebook messenger um and maybe even just go and have a look at my old stuff and i've got a youtube channel that there's some stuff on there i made some little videos a few months ago just, you know, to give people some little videos uh, about how to balance their male and female and and, and taking responsibility about not blaming other people. You know, Mm. if people can grasp the law of projection that your consciousness projects your reality Mm. and take responsibility for what they're seeing without blaming themselves for it, if it's Mm. not good, Mm then they become the co-creators we were born to be and that's what the evolution of the human psyche is It's yeah. about you know realizing that we're creating this all of us
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: there is no them there is just us no
1: have you come across um uh, ramtha in the past at all
0: I've heard, yeah, I've seen Ramtha, um, God, years ago. She's been around for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did a couple of workshops with her, him, her, and um, it, it uh, was very, very interesting. The, I'm thinking about that forest you've got behind you. Yeah. Um, one, one task she got us to do, and what's pouring with rain, this was in Italy, it says, and this this workshop of hundreds of people, yeah. maybe a thousand, go outside into the forest and it's absolutely pouring down, right? Go and sit on the floor and get your rain, Mac, and whatever. Contemplate your life to your earliest memory from when you were younger and go back and replay all the things that you've created for yourself, your whole Mm. life that you've created. Wow. It was a sobering thought process. (laughs) I have to say, everything. Look at what you were playing with. Look how you treated your brothers and sisters. Look how you treated your parents, your teachers, your work colleagues, how you learned what you did right what you did wrong just the whole thing and it's making me feel hot now even just thinking about
0: thinking it thinking about
1: it when you when you go back that far to your earliest memory and you replay the whole movie in kind of fast forward and you then yeah. realize you've created every single bit and no one's done it to you yeah that's that's <laughs> very very uh, awakening let's put it that way
0: yeah what it is it's like you know they're saying we we see the world as we don't see the world as it is we see the world as we are love that you know we are the program that manifests the reality mm. it's um there's lots of things over the over the years as well that I've, you know i share with people about for instance um when i started developing my spiritual stuff. There was all this love and light, sending love and light, and it just didn't resonate with me, Michael, and I couldn't figure out why it didn't resonate with me. Mm. And it wasn't until probably uh, five, six years ago that I actually was meditating about it and asking the question, why does this not resonate with me? Why does it not feel right with me? And this is the answer I got. Because the more you push love and light, the more the shadow pushes hate and dark. Because of the balance of duality. So, I am te- the the talk I gave a talk here uh, last week in one of the churches it was about balancing your your light and dark, and. Um, yeah, balancing your light and dark, and merging them together into the neutral. Balancing your divine male and female, merging them together into the neutral.
3: Mm.
0: Neutral is the zero point field. Ne- neutral is bliss. So all this pushing—if you push love and light, love and light, love and light—you'll never. The dark will never go away. Mm with a lot of people are teaching people to to look to the light which is what i was told
2: mm.
0: look to the light yes. but all, all that made me do was all that does is is breed ignorance of the dark yes when i needed to look at the dark look the first thing I, you know go for your own shadows and love them and heal them and bring your light to your shadow mm. and that's where true creation comes because it's coming from that zero point field it's like we're handing over the duality to one Mm. to create for us that's the divinity
3: Mm.
0: within instead of pushing this everything should be love and light and this dark stuff we ignore all that it's Mm. like no because that's the other half of you know who we are Mm. the process I think we've been duped a bit into yes. going down that love and light road, and uh, I, and that's what I figured yes. out. I very trust my gut feeling on things. I've got this kind of inbuilt just under my heart that goes Mm-mm, if something's not right. Right, and um, it took me years to figure it out about the love and light and the dark and hate thing. But mm. so now I'm very neutral. I don't judge anyone. Um. I don't feel that judgment anymore. I mean, obviously, I wasn't always like this, but I've no, worked. Course. And if you see it and it triggers you in any way, then you need to, you're looking in the mirror at something that's in your subconscious, in your imprints, in your one to 18 zeros, that needs to, that program needs to be switched off and reset
2: mm.
0: and taken responsibility. And this is the stuff that I teach when I do my public speaking and, you know, give people a guided meditation at the end and show them where their reset button is and, and stuff like that. So people can start to take take responsibility and start making changes.
1: Sounds brilliant. Thank you so much, Janine. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Um, Maybe one day we will meet in person <laughs> okay, yeah. after all this is over, and that will be wonderful. I'll buy some lunch or a cup of tea. And um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and um, speak to you very soon. I look forward to coming to your workshop soon as well.
0: Okay. Thanks a lot, Michael. It's been great.
1: Bye Good to now. see you
0: again. Take and you it. too. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, thanks a lot. Bye.